everyone, and welcome back to the Edge of Creativity podcast. I'm your host, Cassie Kincaid, and joined with me today is Dr. Ann Nwabazor, Learning and Development Consultant and CEO of P-Center Services. I'm so excited to have you here, Ann. Thank you, Cassie. I'm excited to be on this wonderful, wonderful podcast today. Excited to be in your presence today. So thank you for for having me and for everyone listening. Thank you for tuning in to as well. It is so special for me to have you here today. You have been part of my life for, I think, over a decade, Anne. <laughs> yes, yes. My, few, in my past life as school administrator, we have been privileged to know your family and all your four boys and to see them grow and be a part of our school. So it's really special to me to really hone in exactly on what you're doing now because you were a past college professor, your past educator and teacher, but I am so excited to highlight what you are doing now because it is so important and so special. And I'll let you kind of unpack that for us. Okay, very good. Yes, thank you. I know it's been a journey knowing you all and seeing where <laughs> I've come to up to this point. So like you said to your listeners, I'm a learning and development consultant for children. And basically what that entails is anything that concerns children in developing self-confidence, positive self-esteem, resilience, mindset transformation skills that can help these children deal and navigate challenges that come their way on a daily basis. But most importantly for me, doing this work with children is trying to help them hone in on their individual gifts so that they run away with those gifts. They use those gifts to create their own compass. They use that compass to now create the life that they see that will highlight their gifts. That's very important, that they understand their gifts, that they have value and they can bring value to this world. And so that's what I do pretty much with kids. Confidence building is, entails all of what I just spoke about. And I noticed all that through my you know, work with children in the school space and also with my own kids. So in a nutshell, that's what I do with um, learning and development. So I work with, not just with children, I work with educators and training educators. So again, they are in the midst of children. And so the mindset of the educator, how they view children, how they view their work also influences children as well. And then I also do motivational speaking too as well. So those are the three tiers of what I do as a learning and development consultant for children. That just hits home so much for me, the piece about confidence, because I feel that that is something sometimes it's not taught to children. And even I know in my own adult life that I struggled with confidence. And even though I was a, a straight A student in school, the confidence of other things, not so much just the academic piece, but the confidence of my idea with book days and one layer at a time, one person at a time, giving that validation and that credibility kind of helped me to grow it to what it is today. So I I, from even coming from a not confident adult and really having to grow in that, what you are doing is just so impactful to children. So it it just really resonates with me and in my journey. And that's incredible. Thank you. So today, as we talk about creativity and impact, 
Can you share with our listeners where your consultancy journey began and how it's progressed to where you are today? <laughs> oh, wow. Are you ready for this? That's a big question. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so I've given this a lot of thoughts over the, the years and I have an unconventional answer. And I think it also works with this show, with the purpose and mission of your show, The Edge of Creativity, this answer. I think it aligns with that. And I want to say my consulting business started across the pond in Nigeria, West Africa. Wow. In a mid-sized cosmopolitan town called Wari, the year 1986. I was six years old. Yeah, I know I've given away my age. <laughs> But six years old, it started at age six. And I say this reason because I made a monumental decision at age six. At age six, I said I wanted to become an electrical engineer. And that happened based on what I observed in my environment. I was very introspective as a child. I still am, but very, very in tune with what was going on. And at that point in time, I decided to be that because I said, I associated success, respect with economic power, and being in a professional field. I said, well, medicine, no, I don't like blood. Law, no, I don't like to speak. But, you know, God has a funny way of doing things because now I speak for a profession. <laughs> and then engineering, my maternal grandfather and my dad's friend were engineers. And so they allowed me to tinker with your stuff. And I enjoyed it. And so I thought, hey, engineering it is. But what I found out along the way, I continued down that path. I made very good grades in school, but it came at a cost because at the core of who I was, I was more in tune with creative arts, social sciences, working with people that gave me joy. But then I had on this mask for so long that this is what I wanted to do. And when you're not working from your gifts, it chips at your confidence, it chips at your self-confidence, which is what it did along the way. So I made very good grades, but I always questioned myself why I was always asking questions. Uh, it serves me well now, but back then I always asked questions because, you know, I didn't really understand those technical, it didn't come quickly to me. I had to work extra hard tutorials. So I kept on that way through high school, came to the United States at age 16, and something really nice happened at age 16. So I'm walking you through certain experiences, not all, for the sake of time, that really, you know, led to where I am today. So at age 16, I came to the United States, started college, and something beautiful happened. Maybe it's the teaching style, I don't know. I started doing even exceptionally well in school, in those technical subjects. And so that reinforced that that was the part I needed to go. Professors asking me to tutor other students, I was always on the receiving end, but now they're wanting me to do that. So you can imagine confidence boost. And then got invited to meet the Dean because I was winning awards too. However, that visit with the Dean was not what I expected because the first words that came out of his mouth that day was, you will never make it as an engineer. And so, it was very confusing. I know. <laughs> I know. It was very confusing because that's not what I expected. That's not what I thought. And I, those were his exact words. You will never make it as an engineer. You should consider food science or food nutrition. That is where you belong. This is not your place. 
Besides, you made a B plus in trigonometry and no, you would definitely not be an engineer. I know. So I was stunned. There's nothing wrong with food science or food nutrition, but that's not what I wanted to do. Now, B plus was not in trigonometry, but was in college algebra. And that was my third semester. I just moved from a different country. And if you knew my backstory, I always made C's in math. So making a B plus and then that's, that's one B plus and I, I couldn't reconcile that. But anyways, I excelled, moved to another school and by my junior year, I was failing miserably. And then in my final year, I dropped out of engineering school because I was miserable. I was tired of wearing this mask. And actually I didn't want to be mediocre anymore. And I didn't think with the GPA I had, I would get a job anyways. So I dropped out. So it was devastating for me, Cassie, in the, in the sense that that is all I had knew. That is what I had placed my confidence. That is the picture everyone saw that I wanted to be an electrical engineer. So I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what gifts I had. So it was a process, thankfully, with my parents, my siblings, my faith in God, and the resilience throughout that year. I didn't know I had developed that as a young child, pushing, always pushing, never say, you know what, I don't understand this, but I'm going to find a way to understand. So that served me well. And I got, got up and started honing in my gifts, my, my capabilities. And I found myself in the conflict resolution field. That is where I soared working with people, my creativity, my writing, everything that I enjoyed, I really sold. I grew leaps and bounds. And then from there, I went into the educational space, teaching, and then I had, you know, my boys. And then that is another part of my life that also led to where I am today. So I have four boys and two of them have sensory challenges. And for me as an educator, it was, it was a difficult time for me because yes, I was an educator, but I still didn't feel like I had enough tools to help my children. And so I set out looking for different things. And then I remembered as an educator, when I brought in those conflict resolution skills into the classroom, I saw what it did to the children. They had a better self image, confidence. They had better relationships with their own classmates, empathy and they had tools to help them deal with challenges. And so I channeled that into working with my children. And then after COVID, post-COVID, during the COVID era and seeing what was going on in the, in the world, the CDC asking for preventative solutions, then I decided the gaps that I saw in education, working with my children, what um, confidence building, self-esteem and positive self-esteem can do for children that those are skills that need to be part of their everyday life, I decided to start looking for programs, to create programs and to have existing programs to help children build positive self-esteem and to hone in on their gifts, to see that they have value. And most importantly, if they have ever run into the unfortunate situation that I found myself in through with an adult or a peer, they have the tools, they know what to say, they know how to bounce back. And starting at the younger age is always the best. And that's why I focus from age six to 12, the impressionable ages where children soak in things like sponges. So that's my journey 
all the way up to now. There's other parts, but I will say these are some of the monumental experiences that led to where I am today. Wow, and that is just so inspiring. Your whole journey, and I love how it started with you and you were saw the need that you wish you had those kind of confidence building in your life and how you wanted to give that to your boys and really out of your personal life, you really saw the need to give that to other people. And that is just so inspiring and, and how you're wanting to give back to the community in that way. Um, I know as an educator myself, seeing it's not just all about the academics, and, and I love how you touch on that so beautifully that it's all about the the character building behind it, yes. that people can make such great grades and then not know how to feel or express themselves mm-hmm. in, you know, failures. We all have successes and we all have failures and you teach how to really hone in on both the failures are not everything and successes we can celebrate them but they're not everything either and just the confidence of growth and I absolutely love that so switching gears just a little bit how do you use creativity in your home life and in your work life and just a few examples I know we could be here all day because you are such a creative person in everything you do but what would, what would some of those things look like in your life? Oh, in my home life. So I what I've found that has really helped is I've I've honed in, I've brought in all experiences that I have had along the way, being um a f- part of a family of five growing up, having brothers, because I have boys, how they played, what they enjoyed, how they learned. So I was in glee club from elementary school to high school. And so I used to, to find out my kids' learning styles. I would do write drama pieces, sing. I brought in my engineering experience, routine, schedule, experiments. But one of the other things that has worked most along the way, if you're talking about creatively, um, give, keeping my children um getting their attention, keeping them in tune with themselves and bringing out their gifts and bringing out information from them to learn and to help them is spending quality time with them, one-on-one or in a group setting. And how have I done this? Reading books. I let other things do the heavy lifting for me and all the way up to now. I had that as a child. My parents were great storytellers. Even if they didn't, if they didn't read from books, they could fabricate stories. I would use books to teach about challenges that they're going through and they're able to um, identify and things that happened to them that we have not talked about before came out from there because they were comfortable. They didn't feel that they were the target. And then we listened to podcasts. I'm telling you, I've been trying to get them to clean my car for years. And in the podcast, my five-year-old said, well, this person said that if we clean, do this for 90 days, it becomes a habit. How about... Now, Tom, I was on I-35, and I promise you I'll never do, do this. I almost had whiplash. I turned back. I'm like, you said what? Yeah, I'm going to tell my brothers that we need to clean the car, and then we can set goals for one week, you know, maybe two weeks. I said, how, where did you hear this? Say, well, the podcast. There's a lady that would like, like to listen to Terry Savelle. She said she said it on the podcast. I said, you know what? I don't care who said it, but you're going to do it. That's fine. And we set a goal and they have been reaching those milestones. So things 
like that. I use lots of charts, kindness charts, gratitude charts, because we go through times at home where they are setting things that they are, they are struggling with. And how can I do it in such a way, which I found are not punitive, but they can also learn. And that mistakes are okay. And that's why I, I drum into them. It's okay if you made a mistake. It's how you handle coming back from the mistake. What do you do? If you did something to somebody, what do you say? And them as well. So I use everything as a teaching moment, which they don't see, but yeah. then they're getting it. But then that's the most important key as I've gotten success as a parent. That's incredible. And I love that. You really use their creativity. And you you twist it with a your own creative spin for a positive outcome. Yes, yes, yes. What are, what are some of the ways in uh, the way you consult? Like, what is one example of uh, creativity in your business? So, in my business, with the program that I use, uh, one thing that I really like, aside from using stories, which I just described with my children, is doing hands-on activities because children learn they make that connection between their hands just like pen to paper when you're writing they make that connection and so that has had uh, have had great success um with that because they're able to remember use that as mementos of what we have talked about in the lesson and they reference that even if sometimes they can't remember the exact topic but they can be like oh we um you know we made a gratitude job and in there, I have to put, you know, slips of um, things I'm grateful for every day and I can take it out. And then we can now talk back to why we talked about the gratitude job. So that has been exceptionally um, well received in the program working with children. So that's one example. I love how you mentioned that because especially the work you do, a lot of it is virtual. Is that correct? Yes. Most of virtual it is virtual. Meetings. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. So a lot of what you do is virtual meetings. And yes. for people that maybe are trying to visually kind of grasp what you do, I really loved having family members in your uh, consultancy business. It has been really awesome to see their progress. And I love that you mentioned you do the hands-on piece. That is just so brilliant to me. Even though they're virtual meetings, a majority of them, you're giving them the tools that they can do there at home. And they don't necessarily have to be you know, looking at you, kind of like we expect in school, that mm -hmm. doodling or doing things, the things that you give them, and they're hearing and they're learning. And I love the how, how you don't like require that or, you know, pay attention or anything like that. But it it's about more about their hearing and their processing and the hands-on piece. And I, I don't think anybody else rivals you at all. And in this oh, niche and how you have set up um, the, the success for your program. So wrapping up, how has the use of creativity in the ways that you just described made an impact? Oh, goodness. It's, um, I almost got teary eyed. So I will start even with my, my family and then I'll move out broader. So impact. So my desire always has always been, like I said, I've always had a heart of people working with people and to impact the world. I see it as starting with a child. 
the child as the entryway for all of that. Because if you impact the child, you impact the family, and then what happens? The family goes out and impacts other people. So starting with the child. So even using my son as an example, my son Emmanuel wrote a, a book. Um, he's nine, and that took um, you know close to five years for that to come about because of my own fears, right? And I can say by honing in on his gifts, his creativity, realizing at a young age, and then actually going ahead to do what I did, to do what we did to bring out this book, our relationship has forever changed, even for the better. Wow. The way, yes, that's huge. That has just been huge. And he actually told me, and I'm holding it together, he actually told me, he said, thank you for all this coaching. I've seen the, what it has done. I'm trying to paraphrase what he said. I've seen what it has done for me in my life. And I wouldn't have been able to do this book too, if not that you had been coaching me. So seeing that, how that he responds even to his brother, to everyone else, our relationship, how he has just blossomed the confidence. He's naturally a confident person, but it's just different. There's a softer edge, let me put it that way, to him. And that's the impact. And that's how it has transformed the family life and transformed the way he sees other people. And in the same way with the children I have worked with and the families, you see parents who are worried. I'm a parent and I know when my child needs something that I will do whatever I can to make sure that they're okay. And so when parents come to me looking for those solutions, they are at their last end, wit's end, looking for something. And then seeing how, when they go through the process, go through the program, the child becoming more confident, the, the, the way the parents respond, coming back to seeing the changes that are happening in the family and how that's translating into the school, that is impact. Starting with children, our children are our tomorrow, they are our future. So if we get them young, if we start them young, now with these tools, confidence building, resilience building, you know, I can do this, I can stretch. I, I succeeded. Oh, this didn't work out, but that's okay. I know that you, you, you're building their mindset. Yeah, you're strengthening their mindset. My whole thing is that, and I tell my children, I want it to be that your mindset is your greatest asset. Absolutely. So that come what may, whatever happens, you know you're solid. You still yeah. move. And that is that is what I do. And I and I and I want to say, I believe. And I know from my work with my children and with other children that I have learned how to see them, mm -hmm. how to hear them, and how to validate them. That is what children want, to be seen, to be heard, and to be validated. That's my mission. That every child, one single child, will never ever feel that their ideas or who they are will ever be invalidated and no one should be. Yes. I love that, Anne. I mean, and, and the testimony from you are such an amazing mom and I have always, you have always been such an amazing mom. I have loved seeing how you interact with your kids uh, even years ago as an administrator. And I love how you bring everything that you're doing professionally and your mom hat and just seeing it come together in, in, the lives of your own kids. You are making such an incredible impact. And I love how, because to me, it's always family first. If yes. everything in the family needs to be thriving, and then from there, we can mm -hmm. 
we can do outreach and impact. And you are such a, a great example of that. And I love how you finished with kids being seen, heard, and validated. And I feel that even every adult needs that as well. And so that mission is just incredible. You are doing such amazing work in the community and even just all over the world, Anne. And it has been such a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. And thank you so much for having me and helping me spread this message to us well. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode on the Edge of Creativity podcast. Be sure to follow so you don't miss any of our upcoming conversations. We'll see you next time.